I was telling Kyle, Matthew, that so it's been kind of a, a crazy week. Long story short, I didn't get to read the text before we hopped into here. And when I told Kyle that, he goes, oh, well, it's probably the most controversial piece of writing Paul has. And I was like, oh, that's a good one to not read beforehand. So this will be a very raw reaction. What if I say I'm in about the same boat as you, Christian? (laughs) What if I say this is going to be a pretty cold read? (laughs) Then then spirit lead. I I just asked Kyle for the link, if that tells you how prepared (laughs) I am. So Kyle, he hasn't even seen that text yet. It's one of those um, one of those weeks. I mean, you mean for the outline, Matthew? Yeah, but I I found it. It was right. uh, it was just in my. I'm having inbox challenges. Well, actually, it's good. So, Christian, you can read it for us when we get started, just so you get the, just to get it through through your system. The gist. Yeah, at least yeah. the first half. At least the first half, and then we'll uh, we'll press on. Um, pretty. Pretty interesting, uh, but let's pray. And uh, Christian, I'll have you begin by uh, reading at verse one. So Lord God, we do thank you for the blessing of being together as we uh, just take a look at your incomparable word. And as we uh, share together, especially around uh, this chunk of scripture, man, be with us and encourage us in your precious name. Amen. 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 Okay, so we're going to pick it up where we left off last week, which was 11-1, which is really a good transition verse. It kind of ties in both. Uh, So we'll start with 11-1 and then read through to uh, uh, 16. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Be imitators of me as I am of Christ. Now, I commend you because you remember me in everything and maintain the traditions even as I delivered them to you. But I want you to understand that the head of every man is Christ. The head of a wife is her husband, and the head of Christ is God. Every man who prays or prophesies with his head covered dishonors his head. But every wife who prays or prophesies with her head uncovered dishonors her head since it is the same as if her head were shaven. For if a wife will not cover her head, then she should cut her hair short. But since it is disgraceful for a wife to cut off her hair or shave her head, let her cover her head. For a man ought not to cover his head, since he is the image and the glory of God, but woman is the glory of man. (laughs) For man was not made from woman, but woman from man. Neither was man created for woman, but woman for man. That is why a wife ought to have a symbol of authority on her head because of the angels. (laughs) Nevertheless, in the Lord, woman is not independent of man, nor man of woman. For as woman was made for a man, so man is now born of woman, and all things are from God. Judge for yourselves. Is it proper for a wife to pray to God with her head uncovered? Does not nature itself teach you that if a man wears long hair, it is a disgrace for him. But if a woman has long hair, it is her glory. For her hair is given to her for a covering. If anyone is inclined to be contentious, we have no such practice, nor do the churches of God. (laughs) Now, now we know why Christian got a haircut. 
Uh, yeah, man, the spirit led, huh? Whoa. Yeah, okay. I don't see anything. It's pretty, pretty straightforward. There. Yeah, let's just go. Let's just go to the next section. Oh, what in the world? Okay. Uh-huh. Okay, so just to put this, and just to get a little broader con- context, or or just a, maybe a little feel, feeling your way through, Christian, read verse 2. And then jump to verse 17 and read verse 17. Okay. Now I commend you because you remember me in everything and maintain the traditions even as I delivered them to you. But in the following instructions, I do not commend you because when you come together, it is not for the better, but for the worse. Okay. So that's very interesting. You have this. Paul is structuring this chunk of his letter around what he commends and what he doesn't commend. Okay. But as you take a look at that, those verses two through 16, really hard to hear commendation. You know, there's a lot of, feels like a lot of other stuff going on. Okay. So what in the world So my summary of this thing is that Paul is looking to the male-female relationship and the mutuality he intends there, which he deals with from from verses 2 through 16, with the broader mutuality that he intends in the life of the church together in Christ which he kind of summarizes when he says, imitate me because I am of Christ. And we talk about that profound participation last time, right? Which is truly transformative. And what Paul intends is for that to be transformative, not just for the individual, but in the community, not just the community of the church, Right, but certainly in the marriage relationship as well. So let's talk about the complexities here, because this is one of the most contentious, difficult passages to translate, to un- well, yeah, to translate, to understand, to interpret all that stuff. So I've got nine observations, nine issues. In verses 2 through 16. Kyle's preaching this on Easter Sunday, just as a side note. (laughs) (laughs) I am, but I'm not preaching 2 through 16. So nine nine Easter eggs in uh, 2 through 16. Let's let's open them up one by one. (laughs) That's a good tie-in. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Relevant now. Okay, the first is a translation issue. Do you translate husband and wife or man and woman? So look at verse three. Go ahead and read verse three again. But I I want you to understand that the head of every man is Christ. The head of a wife is her husband and the head of Christ is God. See, that's not what the ASV has. I think I'm reading ASV. No, I'm reading NIV. Different. NIV has a man and woman, right? Yeah, was that four? Three. 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 Uh, 
But I want you to realize that the head of every man is Christ and the head of the woman is man and the head of Christ is God. All right. So the translator has to make a choice. Okay. Is Paul talking about the marital relationship here or is he talking more broadly about man and woman? NIV goes one way. ESV goes another. You know, when John 2, when, uh, when Mary wants Jesus to help at the wedding feast, when they've run out of wine. And, and he says, woman, my time has not come. That's the word that's used here. Or wife, depending on context. Okay, so, so that's the first little Easter egg. How are you going to deal with that? Okay. You know, the, sec the second is the cultural distance between us and first century Corinth. He, he's talking about head coverings. Before we, before we, sorry, before we move past that first point, yep. could you help me understand in your mind, if there's a simple answer, what the um, significance, you know, what changes if you choose man and woman, what changes if you use husband and wife? Like, why is that? Hold what on to it. Hold okay. on to it. I got, I'll, we'll get uh, into it. Great. Okay. Um, but don't forget, Okay, hold on to it. Okay, second is head coverings. I mean, what in the world is head coverings about? Because um, we just don't do that in the West here. You know, uh, third is the whole, there in verse two, what does head mean? Because we tend to go to the head of a corporation, the boss. Is that what Paul intends? Is, is it, an, is it an, an authority word or something else? A fourth, where are the quotation marks? Is Paul quoting things back to the Corinthians that translators aren't picking up? Next is there's a chiastic structure here that's, that's veiled. Hard for us Westerners to wrap our brains around and chiastic structures, but they're all over scripture. And once you light up to that, all kinds of interesting things really jump out. So there's a chiastic structure here. Next is, you know, the modern church is reading this in the midst of the egalitarian complementarian controversy. The complementarian controversy is kind of the traditional a uh, man and woman, uh, a distinction, equal, but profoundly different roles. The egalitarian orientation is, yes, distinction, but, but the roles aren't nearly as dramatic as the traditional reading would take. So the interpretive climate is shaped by what part, you know, where you land on, on that spectrum. Okay, another is the, you know, uh, the Roman patriarchy thing. We I remember we, we talked about that, that uh, the patria potestas, the power of the father. Okay, and, and how is our reading influenced by that Roman patriarchal uh, legalism? The next issue is, is, is uh, the, the divine council worldview. And does that have a role to play here? This whole question of hierarchy or mutuality in the church. And that goes to, to the nature of God. Is there hierarchy in the Trinity? Mm. Okay. And in, in how, in how 
Father, Son, and Holy Spirit relate in the Trinity, and, and is that reflected in humanity? Major, major issues. <laughs> okay. We're not and, even done with the chapter. We're, oh, oh, man, that's right. That's right. And, I, I might be done with the chapter. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't. I can't wait to see how Matthew takes us through this in our small group. Uh, see, Maybe. I told you. I told you spring break. I, I got one week <laughs> off here. Just so it happens. So, no, just kidding. Okay. 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 So let's. So okay. So let's just go. Uh, go through this kind of sis, systematically, right? So, woman and man issue, or husband and wife, man and woman. Is Paul talking about an order in marriage, or is he talking about something more, more broad about the nature of humanity? Okay. If you're an egalitarian, and the ESV tends to follow the, I mean, the, if you're a complementarian, ESV follows that. They're going to translate it, husband and wife. Okay. If you're NIV, which is more of an egalitarian spin is going to go man and woman and that's related to the whole notion of head what does head mean uh can you sorry real quickly just for my refresher egalitarian complementarian okay there egalitarian is is more is the contemporary view which is man and women are are different but the role distinction is not nearly as dramatic as the traditionalist complementarian view. Okay. So when you come to head, then the notion of headship, right? And that's a you know a phrase that you 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 may have heard. If you look at verse three, the head of every man is Christ, the head of a Woman is a man, and the head of Christ is God. If you if 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 that is an authoritative statement, you're putting hierarchy into those relationships. The head of wife is husband, or the head of woman is man. The head of Christ is God. Okay, and it colors everything that follows. Problem is in the ancient world never used in an hierarchical authoritative statement. In fact, earlier, we, we talked at Matthew, where was that chapter where it talks about, oh, chapter 7, verse 4. For the wife does not have authority over her own body, but her husband does. Likewise, the husband does not have authority over his own body, but the wife does. Remember that when we talked about that? And that mm -hmm. mutuality there? Yeah. doesn't look like there's headship in chapter seven, excuse me, an authoritative headship in chapter seven looks like mutuality. So, so what else could head mean? And the usual way that the ancients understood head was either as the source of something like the head of a river. Yeah. Headwaters. Headwaters. Huh. Or like the, or like the top, you know, the, the head of your body, the, you know, the, you know, the, like a mountain peak would be called the head of the mountain, um, you know, from which the rest of the mountain flows. 
Okay, so so he had this notion of of source. Okay, so you know what's going on there? The source of Christ is God. Yeah, we get that. The source of woman is man. We just have to go to you know. Oh, Genesis. Genesis. You know mm. uh, to see that. Okay. Oh. Huh. And 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 and. And we've read, we 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 read headship in in an authoritative way, so naturally, so, so naturally, pausing to get your brain around source mm. takes a little bit of effort, okay. And the question is, what might Paul be be saying here, mm. right? That's great. And and my hunch, because the Bible has a major critique against hierarchy. It does not like hierarchy at all. Yeah. The whole notion of, you know, when we talked about the, uh, the, the, the dynamic of covenant relationship, all about mutuality, right. Okay? Okay. right? And so when you're talking about the source of something, it's not a hierarchical lording it over. It's much more of a, of a what? Was it like a continuity? Much more like a a family or a community, right? That resources are shared. I'm the I'm the head of my family only because my kids come from me and Heather, right? Well, so there there's source there. To me, to me, it just it denotes community as opposed to military structure or rank. That's right. And you, and you got to go slow down there because nowhere in the Bible does it say that man is head of the family. Oh, uh, you're right. I was using it as, I'm thinking of source, source. Yeah. And I'm glad you said that. Yeah. So husband and wife, I mean, I mean, I mean, and the image is right, mm. right? Whenever the Bible talks about the family, it's always mother and father, fifth commandment, honor, honor your, your mother, mother and father. Mm. And in fact, in Ephesians Ephesians 5, is, is it 5 or 6? Let, let me do a quick look. Where, where, where Paul flows, talks about the husband-wife relationship. Oh, listen to what Paul says in chapter 6, verse 1 of Ephesians. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may go well with you, and that you may enjoy a long life in the earth. Keep going. Well, okay, so that's that's mutuality there. They're right. There's there's mo there's mom and dad there, complete. Right. Now read verse four. Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. What what is Paul doing there? Why is he point out the fathers all of a sudden? He's intentionally pushing back against the patriarchy of the day. Right, you're you, these fathers, these men are inclined to lord over their families, to assume a hierarchical role of headship. So Paul's adding a little extra emphasis for those guys. <laughs> mm -mm. He's, re he's rebuking, right, that, that patria potestas, that, 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 that power of the, of the father that was the, uh, the basic framework of Roman law. No, it's not that way.
it's worth taking some time here because I think this is the heart of what's going on in First Corinthians 11. Flip over to Deuteronomy uh, 17. This is what had, uh, Moses in, in Deuteronomy 17 is talking about that time if the people want a king. And I think we could pick it up right at verse 18. I mean, it talks a lot of, I mean, there's I mean, some really cool stuff here and, and it's worth a close reading when we, you know, when you, if we were engaging this whole notion of kind of political structures and stuff, but someone pick it up at verse 18 and read through 20 and, and catch the critique of hierarchy and stop when you see it. When he takes the throne of his kingdom, he is to write for himself on a scroll, a copy of this law taken from that of the Levitical, Levitical priests. It is to be with him and it is to be read all the days of his life so that he may learn to revere his God and follow carefully all the words of this law and these decrees and not consider himself better than his fellow Israelites. There's one and turn from the law to the right or the left, then he, his descendants, will reign a long time over his kingdom in Israel. There you caught it. And that's the NIV. ESV yeah. says that his heart may not be lifted up above his brothers. Mm. Right? That is a full-on critique of the Gentiles who lord it over, as Jesus says. I mean, I mean, Jesus goes straight at it in that call to, you know, the greatest among you shall, you know, shall, shall be the servant of all. Yeah. Right. And you, and you have this, this critique of hierarchy throughout. And so when you come to verse, um, the, the, uh, this notion of the head, we Westerners immediately go to authority mm. and hierarchy and who's in charge. And that is mm. not what Paul is talking about. How do we know? Because the Bible critiques strongly that orientation to reality in human community. There's something else going on. There, there's a quality of integration that, that yeah. Paul is getting at. I don't know. I don't know like when. So you don't know how you learned it or why you you think this way but yeah, again growing up in the church there's this idea that the father son holy spirit the trinity they are all equal like there there is an there's an equality with them right they are like separate but they're one i mean i don't want to get into the trinity i mean i have no i don't understand the trinity very well <laughs> but like but just it's but i don't know where i picked you know i don't know where i was taught that concept but i like that's that's my understanding is is the way the trinity functions is they are the, the separate, the Holy Spirit, Son, Father are equal, but one, they have, you know, they, they do distinct things differently, but they're all one, but you're right. And uh, there was, I can't remember where I read this. I don't know. I think it was recently, but they were talking about Genesis when, when God, you know, he creates man out of love, right? Wants to have that into a relationship, enter into this also, you know, what they experience of this unique uniqueness but oneness and so he creates woman right as this also equal to man right as them to rule together and then even like pointing out that uh the word used as like oh a helper like i will i'll make for man a helper like that is the same word that's attributed to god helping israel um 
and it's not like this lower than thing like oh a servant right it is it is a uh yeah there there is just this there's this equality there and so i think it was it's helpful pointing in verse three here and the head of christ is god that is the stop for me right where if you think in an authoritative way that fights against this notion of oh they're all equal if god father god son god the spirit are equal and so i think that's a great like maybe yeah a a, a flag that pops up to pause and go wait is that what's happening here because I, my question i guess then would be so people who read this head as an authoritative way do they also see do they also assume that in the trinity that christ is lower than god christ mm. is subordinate to the father in so they Gotcha. So they read that. Okay. Well, and 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 as you think about Genesis two, just you know, just to get at this, if, if you remember the creation of woman from man, first God creates the animals, and the man names the animals, which was an expression of c- control and authority right. over. Right. And then he puts the man as- to asleep, and takes half the man, the side of the man. And he creates woman. And when he sees the woman, he says, this is, this at last is bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called Hebrew Isha because she was taken from Ish. What you see there is he gives her his name. And isn't it, isn't it when, and then after the fall is when, she's named he names her eve is that right that's correct yep yeah so it's like in the in the brokenness he then resorts to domination over domination hierarchy is instituted after the fall yeah 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 so good and that's and the bible is critiquing hierarchy ever since okay and so as as we come here and read this we we have to go really really slow and, and the key and the key play thing to see this is when you get to um, uh, verse eleven and twelve, and, and you and you can hear what Paul is getting at there, at his intent. So, someone read eleven and twelve. For uh, sorry, nevertheless, in the Lord, woman is not independent of man, nor man of woman. For as woman was made from man, so man is now born of woman, and mm. all things are from God. That reminded me of that in in seven, right? Where yeah, where Matthew was saying where he goes, you know, hey, everyone knows that man has authority over women. Also, women have authority over man, right? It it, it seems that sort of kind of culture breaking yeah. a statement. Yeah. So and so and so he says, yep, every every woman comes from man. But every man is a mother. <laughs> mother, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. And and so he's he's and and so back there when it's talked about, you know, verse eight, for man was not made from woman, but what woman for man. Neither was man created for woman, but woman for man. I'm thinking there's quotes there. I, I'm thinking Paul is speaking that statement back because it's it it screams hierarchy and dominion over. Yeah. Is not biblical. You know, it's not the Old Testament flow. What's um, I'm just going to say startling about what we're talking about right now 
is how these same verses can be used as proof text to argue headship, like a very authoritarian view of headship. Right? It's startling. I, I mean, I'm just, I'm recalling conversations in my own life. I want to read one thing. This is from Matthew 3.16. This is to a point Christian made earlier. And uh, I saw this last week at Bible study with some guys. Uh, this is Jesus' baptism. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was open. And he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, this is my son whom I love and in whom I am well pleased. Just you know, a really clear picture of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit interaction without any whiff of who's in charge, right? Like just this concert movement between the three of them. I don't know, just... Once you orient to the critique of hierarchy in the Bible, you start seeing it everywhere. Mm. I mean, the whole story of from 1 Samuel through to second Kings is critique on hierarchy in the kingship. I mean, I, what to the life of and death of Jesus, right? Like his, his whole model of sacrifice. Yeah, he, he laid down so much of his authority and power to come and, and serve. Especially where we're at right now, just an encounter. Yeah. I, I, this thoughts held me all week between Palm Sunday and good Friday. I mean, on Palm Sunday, they were cheering and yelling Hosanna for what I think they imagined to be a hierarchical leader, a Messiah that was going to come and kick butt. Right. Yeah, yeah. And then by Friday, it's like crucify him. This is going way sideways. Get this guy out of here. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's, that's a pretty big critique of hierarchy. <laughs> the cross. <laughs> oh. oh, and then in John, on, on, at the Good Friday service, we'll, we'll be reading through the, the, the Passion in John. And the people cry out, we have no king but Caesar. Mm. You know, uh, the people categorically reject the, uh, the mutuality of the true king for the Gentile Caesar. Man, it is. It, it, it screams. It screams rejection a, of lording it over hierarchy. Such a wow. Yeah, and Matt, and, 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 and as you talk about how these verses are used to reinforce hierarchy, I, I'm thinking the Lord has this in the, in the Bible as an ink block test, asking the question, what do you see? Because what you see reveals your orientation to reality. Mm. That's, that's good. Now, understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Do, are, you, are, are you reading it carefully? Are you? Yeah. Do yeah. Do do you see hierarchy to validate your mm. desire to lord it over, or do you see mutuality and celebrate the invitation to serve one another? It's, it's huge. Now, as we go on, and, and, and I mean, we, we, there, there's all kinds of crazy stuff. There's more crazy stuff we can talk about in 1 Corinthians 11. But I do want to get on to the, uh, the second half, the Lord's Supper. So, so if, if, if we could think about 2 through 16 
as Paul critiquing hierarchy in, 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 in human community, you know, the, the power of the father, that Roman patriarchy. I mean, the whole thing about women's head covering and profit, you know, and what, I mean, just, just to say it, cause it's going to come up in chapter 14. Um, you know, it gives very clear instruction on how a woman is to prophesy in verse five, right? But every woman who prays or prophesies with her head uncovered dishonors her head since it's the same as if her head were, were shaved. Clearly, Paul is affirming the woman's role in prophesying and praying in, 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 the, in the church, right? He presumes sure. it. Right, we have to keep that in mind because when we get to 14, chapter 14, right, Paul's going to sound like he's saying women are to keep silent in church, and we're, and we're going to have to process that carefully mm. in, in, in light of this. But this head covering stuff, I mean, there's cultural stuff going on there. It, for me, does that point back up to verse two, where he says, uh, I commend you for holding on to the traditions? I mean, is, is he affirming that? you're going to operate in some culturally normative ways. And that's, yeah. I mean, I feel like that's another theme in Paul's letters is don't make waves where you don't have to, you know, if you can appropriate a piece of culture and be the Jew to the Jew and the Greek to the Greek, and you don't have to pick a fight, don't do it. Right. Like, so that, so that the gospel earns a fair hearing. I mean, to me, that is always called Paul's goal is to, not add obstacles to what's already going to be totally countercultural, right? So, I don't know. That's no, I think that's right. And he, look, I don't want to talk about head coverings. I want to talk about the uh, hierarchy, right? So, so for to me, the the great thought experiment that I heard this explained once is if you were you know sending um, a female missionary into Saudi Arabia. And write, you know, writing a letter, you'd probably say, wear a head covering, wear a, you know, a burqa, um, follow the cultural norms, because that's really the only way you're going to be safe and accepted and welcomed enough to earn the gospel hearing. Like it's, it's, it's practical advice at that point, not necessarily a edict to last all time <laughs> or, yeah. Paul, I think I, that missional reading of Paul, I think it would get lost too, right? In a way. And there's much more we can dig out of this, but let's, well, read, read verse 16, because that's just Paul's summary of what you just said, Matthew. If anyone wants to be contentious about this, <laughs> we have other, we have no other practice, nor do the churches of God. You know, just when I think I thought up something really good, <laughs> there's Paul. There's Paul. Amen. Still, I still haven't had a good idea yet. 44 years old. Nothing new under the sun, Matthew. Uh, yeah, Nothing no kidding. <laughs> right. yeah, <laughs> Must have been the Holy Spirit, Matt. All right. Oh, or verse 12. Okay. All right. Okay. So, so we go into, so we're flowing in, into 17. All right. So he's moving from the mutuality, right, in, in, in human community, man and woman, all that stuff. And now he's going to shoot straight at the division, which is poisoning the church. 
and he's using and he's going to use the Lord's Supper as the kind of the point of the spear to, uh, to get at it. And this is, I mean, for my money, this is some of the most powerful stuff in Scripture. So someone read um, 17 through 22 just to get out the issue. But in the following instructions, I do not commend you, because when you come together, it is not for the better, but for the worse. For, in the first place, when you come together as a church, I hear that there are divisions among you, and I believe it in part. For, there must be factions among you in order that those who are genuine among you may be recognized. Hold on a second. Satirical statement right there. Oh. Okay. There must be factions among you in order that those who are genuine among you must be recognized. Gotcha. Common wisdom, worldly are, knowledge are going around. Me? Yeah. Are you kidding me? All right. Gotcha. Going. When, you, when you come together, is it not the Lord's Supper that you eat? It is not. Oh, it is not the Lord's Supper that you eat. Mm. For in eating, each one goes ahead with his own meal. One goes hungry Another gets drunk. ESV. What? Do you not have houses to eat and drink in? Or do you despise the church of God and humiliate those who have nothing? What shall I say to you? Shall I commend you in this? No, I will not. Okay, so what's going on there? Paul is clearly uh, upset that as a what the statement it is not the lord's supper that you eat is that like they think that they are is he calling them out like you guys think yeah. you guys are gathering but this is yeah. not what you're doing because yeah all these all these divisions are happening yeah yeah to me it's the next layer of the critique against the hierarchy is the critique of factions right factions almost always yeah one thinks they're better part, part and parcel of hierarchy because it's right. the in crowd and the out crowd or the rich and the poor, or the influential and the not so influential. So, Paul's okay. after it. I man, I gotta say, so this whole idea when you said four in the first place, uh, at the, oh, uh, and I believe in part for there must be factions among you in order that those who are genuine among you may be recognized. Uh, someone last week, just in a again context, our our the, the body that I'm in has gone through a pretty major split. Um, and someone used this verse as like an encouragement verse, right? Like, hey, Paul recognized that there's got to be divisions. So that's crazy that, you know, the idea is like, actually, no, that's not what Paul is saying here. This is not, Paul is not saying that at all. He's not saying there has to be divisions. He's saying, that's ridiculous you guys think that because of the unity shall I, should be. Shall I praise you? Certainly not in this matter. <laughs> Yeah, wow. yes. that's that's an idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the church is gathering. You know, uh, the folks are gathering together to have a a fellowship meal in the name of the Lord, the Lord's Supper, and the rich guys are going ahead. The poor guys, they're not waiting for them. Maybe they're getting off work late. You know, they're you know they're they're eating all the stuff, and so there's nothing left. And the poor folks come. You know, it's just faction, violation, classism, just all kinds of divisions in the name of Jesus. 
That's why Paul says it is not the Lord's Supper. You are celebrating the vision. That's the devil's meal. I don't care if you bless the elements in the name of Jesus. You're <laughs> yeah. celebrating. You're a celebrating division. Division. Yeah. Clear, right? I mean, that's man. That's great, man. I just want to. I can't. I just want to. I want to sit. Not like we don't have to sit in this, but like, I just know that this is such a um, clear example to me of just how carefully you got to read scripture because I read it in just a uh, matter of fact tone, you know? And, and because, because it's like, Oh, that's how you read the Bible. It's all true. And so you just read it as true, you know, um, in the sense of like, Oh, so this statement here, I, you know, tone is so important and that's why you need the context of everything else around it to figure out if what you're reading matches with the, the narrative of the rest of scripture yeah. and the idea that there like factions must exist among the church does not, I think, follow what God's plan is for unity. Mm. Yeah. yeah. You know what else it is I'm watching the two sections interact. Like I said, there's, there's a startling difference in the way you could read those first 16 verses. And in my mind, I'm thinking, I know the, the, the way that some people read those verses. And there, there's an inclination of my flesh to think, Faction, division, <laughs> pull apart, right? Like I thought that, you know. And so, I mean, Paul's counterbalancing his own argument. Like, there's going to be disagreements. There's going to be misreadings, and still, that that deep participation with God, which entails the deep participation with one another, means you're going to bear with one another, persevere together, endure with one another. So, I mean, it it even checks me within the first you know, where, where I could go with those first 16 verses, as Christian said, you know, like that, that, that's a good one to win my next argument. But then Paul's going, don't, no, stop using this to win arguments. Right. (laughs) Like, and then he goes straight at the, the institution of the Lord's supper. This, these are the words that I use you know, you know, you know, when I introduce the Lord's Supper in worship, right? And it's the and it's and and he does it. Let's remember who Jesus is and what we're about. Right, Matt? Mm-hmm. I mean, just right following just just what you said. So go ahead and read 23 through 26, Matthew, just to celebrate yeah. the Lord. For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after the supper, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is a new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. And I want you to live accordingly. Take up your cross and follow me, the Lord said. And as we celebrate the Lord's Supper, it's grounding us in who he is, what he's done, and who we are, and what he calls us to do. That's why we call it a sacrament. Jesus is present. The Lord is present in a profound way 
in the in you know in the in the lifting of the cup and the breaking of the bread. Next chunk, and Paul is going to drive the point home. Christian, read twenty-seven through twenty-nine. Whoever therefore eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord is in in an unworthy manner will be guilty concerning the body and the blood of the Lord. Let a person examine himself then, and so eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For anyone who drinks and eats without discerning the body, eats and drinks judgment on himself. What in the world does Paul mean by discerning the body? Hmm. I, I, so Without, I have a, oh, go ahead, Matthew. You go. Well, I was just going to say, I, I think like, without thinking, again, I've never thought about it. Uh, the first guess, I would, it would be like, oh, that's just a, that's just a really deep way of saying like, check yourself, <laughs> check, your, check, check yourself, check everywhere. Make sure you're, you're like, all right, I'm in good conscience or I, you know, uh, and then to, to then continue the illustration that the body of Christ is like a body, right? Like one member hurts, they all, they all hurt. Um, like make sure that the community that you're in is all, is, is all working how it should. And then you yeah. can then move forward. That's what I, I yeah, what, again, I'm just all the way through the letter, you know, the, the use that are actually y'alls and the, you know, in these starting with um, chapter 10, this, this invitation to koinonia, this covenant community, I think Paul's, you know, that, that without discerning the body, without checking the health of, of the community, you know, you're existing in these factions, you're operating within these hierarchies, and then you come in and take communion. No, you know, you've got to take stock of, of the body all y'all and and then celebrate the lord's supper that's how i i don't know that's how i read well and whose body is it anyway christ's lord's the body of christ paul's going to embrace that language directly moving forward the body of christ without discerning the body when we eat the bread and drink the cup. Okay, this is Easter sermon. Are, are you ready for it? Right? It's the third point. The eschatological reality of the risen Christ. We are the manifestation of the resurrected Lord at work in the world. And he constitutes us. We're constituted around the sacrament of the Lord's Supper, where we remember who he is and what he's done, and we embrace who we are and what he calls us to do. We become the body of Christ, the visible manifestation of God at work in the world. And if we fail to recognize that, the sacred nature of that, you know, uh, the unity of that body, we eat and drink judgment upon ourselves. 
that's, yeah, that's pretty light stuff. See? Paul is going straight at the divisions mm-hmm. in the church in Corinth. We got to hear those. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I don't care what your beef is. There is something higher and holier going on. Yeah. Wow. You know, so, you know, so, so, so Good Friday service, call to repentance, man. The church in the good old U.S. of A. has been twisted and torn by COVID and politics and who knows what else. And there's the only thing we can do in response to the profound divisions around us, cry out, help me, Jesus. I got nothing. I bring nothing but my broken, mournful self to you. Oh, God, you've got to do something. You've got to move among us. Because the whole world is mocking your people and mocking you. 132, the first part of it. But when we are judged by the Lord, we are disciplined. Uh, And just like the narrative of throughout Scripture, the Lord disciplines those that he loves. And like, you know, just just the... um, there is good news in God's discipline for us. And we're going through a time and I just, you know, not just my personal community that I've been in, um, but just hearing in the last year of all of the, you know, again, I, I, I don't want to say the word like hardships because there are, man, there are other gatherings of the body around the world who are experiencing profound hardships. You know, here we've in America, it's like, eh, you know, it's not really, we're not being, crucified or condemned or whatever but just but even in the pain that that bodies are feeling globally and and you know it 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 can i think it's it's it can look like discipline or or i believe like you know if if we are if we aren't doing this right god is a jealous god who loves us and will discipline us because he loves us Um, discipline so that we will not be finally condemned with the world and discipline to be saved yeah Whew. man chapter 11 huh? <laughs> we're still we're still not finished Christian. This right. more verses. Sorry. We're not we, finished. Got, we got two more don't oh. try to skate or skate out of here early <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah well so he gives the last you know last couple verses like oh no now what do we do Hey, it's not game over, guys. Listen, let me tell you what to do. Right? When you come together to eat, wait for one another. If anyone is hungry, let them eat at home, so that when you come together, it will not be for judgment. About the other things, I will give direction when I come. Guys, just, just have regard for one another. Just wait for one another. Truly together man i think yeah i think just speaking it even in just the the terms of i was talking to a brother uh yesterday about just his him processing covid and uh just really being convicted that he has not taken the intentional time over the last year to love you know the brothers and sisters 
in, in our community as much as he could have just because i mean obviously the practical side of like i being isolated and not able to gather um but but letting that be what stopped him from doing continuing to do this and have regard for one another um and and, it, and when he was when he was sharing that with me i went yeah same you know man i'm same boat really this this stuff with with covid and and the stuff at our church has really isolated so much of our community into these pockets of like we'll just we'll just wait till we get to a place of being back together and i think that's exactly the devil's game of just stay isolated and and just wait just wait just but just don't talk to each other you know mm. um, and the importance of 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 loving one another being the body so paul's going to transition you know uh, for the rest of the book 12 through 16 concrete coaching tips on how to be the body of Christ. Nice. Mm, good. Spiritual gifts, love <laughs> after how to worship, the glory of resurrection, you know, just really, really rich stuff ahead, you know. Mm. But but it's great to see, man. Paul, Paul shoots straight at the problem. Yeah. And we need to receive every bit of that. Allow the Holy Spirit to, to focus us on our, gosh, as you said, Christian, okay, our circumstances, our failures, you know, our excuses. Pretty profound. Yep, it's good stuff. All right, any last words or we'll, are we good to go? It's heavy. <laughs> Oh, it's like it, it's it's that it's that uh, that thing that happens. I think that I feel a lot when you, you yeah, you just sit in again. What what happens almost every week with this group where it's like, man, I've never read it like that, or man, I never saw that, and it's this simultaneous uh, joy and 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 excitement and like breath of fresh air of like, oh my gosh, this is you know, wow, this is what it means, and an equal heaviness and soberness that sets in of like whoa like this is what this means uh yeah and just kind of attention yeah it, it is um i mean it is like some as christian just said like i've never read it that way before but in 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 the same instance you know there's something about individualism that you're like i know i know this isn't it i know yeah. this isn't right you know and when you know, there, in hierarchy, if you've ever had to operate within hierarchy, you're, you're going, you know, this isn't, there's something that glitches here that's not, you know, unless you're the boss or, you know, but even then, I talk to anybody who's a boss and ask how happy they are. They're not, I mean, so you, you read it, you know, you read this and what's interesting is, and I said it's kind of earlier about the, how startling is to misread it, but if you're reading this with eyes that see hierarchy and eyes that see faction and eyes that, um, you know, are rooted in this idea of power, it can be used. You can just fail to even see it. But once you actually begin to see it, you it, it, it addresses these core, hmm. I think, anxieties in our life when you go, oh, makes yeah, sense. yeah, you know, that, <laughs> yeah. that, that's redemption from this worldly kingdom that's, yeah never felt quite right you know that's always made us pilgrims here and paul's reminding us you know there's a way 
that's that's not this world's way. So, yeah. I, I like you said, it's it's all brand new, but there's something in it that you you, you know familiar. It's yeah. it's 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 like eternally familiar. You know, like yeah. that's the thing I knew before I forgot everything <laughs> I knew. Yeah, and now I'm you know being taken back to that. I'm coming back. Yeah. yeah, and happily, this is Holy Week. You know, the time that the Lord would have this set a time set aside much time thinking about nothing else except what Jesus came to do. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for the timing. Thank you, Lord, for the opportunity. All right. Someone pray. I got it. <sighs> Heavenly Father, thank you. <laughs> I, I literally don't have enough breath to thank you for all that you deserve to be thanked for. Um, but it's just, if the, just even the few things of, of your word and, and uh, God, your, your will for this, this world and for us and your love. And uh, it, is, it is all so good. And, uh, and Father, as Matthew said, just for this, uh, this opportunity to be um, reminded again or to, to stumble upon a familiar uh, uh, way of, of being in the world or, or, or of seeing how the world is or how it should be. Um, it is, uh, man, may we, may we steward, uh, steward th- this, this well. Um, your word and um, and your will. Thank you for inviting us into it. Um, uh, thank you for <laughs> for your grace and and your um, your presence uh, among us while we are in it. Um, that you are always uh, right now um, moving and with us. Um, Jesus, thank you for for your your life and 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 uh, for your your presence here and, and what you, what you accomplished um, just thousands of years ago uh, and what that did for all of, um, all of reality. Uh, we love you. Um, may we spend time just to, as, as Kyle said, just think about what you've done and what you are about and, and who we are in you and, 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 um, and our calling father um, in this life for your glory. Um, may your kingdom come <laughs> and return soon. All these things we ask Jesus in your name. Amen. 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 Oh, all right. Go from this place filled with his power and his glory and serve him forever and ever. Amen. Is that what you say? Is that it? Go from this place filled with his presence. Presence. His power and serve him both now and forever. <laughs> Amen. 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 All right. I love you. Pretty good. All right. Love you guys. Bye.